Hey everybody, before I get into this interview, um, I just want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Absolute. Oh my goodness. Bruh. <laughs> Hold on. Talk to the mayor once. Everybody wants to blow up your phone. Good thing that didn't happen during the interview, huh? Back to the sponsor, dude. This podcast is brought to you by absolutely nobody. So if you got a business or something you're trying to promote, hit your boy up. I'm going to do a really good job at it. Shit, I'll even do it for free. Um, Yeah, so I had Lamar Thorpe on, the mayor of Antioch, a city in California, Bay Area. And it was a great interview, man. It was great. I'm just still, you know, just like with everything, just like stand-up. At the end of it, I was a little upset that I wasn't able to ask all of the questions I wanted to, but I only had one hour with him, and uh, you'd be surprised with how much you don't cover in an hour, especially if you're having a good time with somebody, especially a politician. You bring up one thing, you start talk, you'll have a whole conversation about it, and it'll just branch off into anything else. But um, I'm gonna stop talking. I'm just gonna throw this up here. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you to Lamar Thorpe. All right. Hey guys, Suicide Logs episode 209. I'm here with the mayor of Antioch, Lamar Thorpe. How are we doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be on your show here. And um, I don't do this for everybody, so I want you to know that. It's an honor, man. It's an honor. Is there any particular reason why you let you let me do this? Did I just get lucky? Is it the way I approached you, what is it? Well, let me get this opportunity. Oh, I, I think it's maybe a combination of all those things. And, okay. Uh, I've been asked to do other ones, but uh, but uh, there are more hit jobs and whatnot. And I'm just I'm, right. know, I'm not here to play games. If people have questions, of it course. Like I saw your podcast, and it seemed like uh, you're a genuine guy. So. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you so <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, even if he has tough questions, I don't mind as long as you come from it. Sure. An open heart and, and understanding that you know. Why that's not? what that's what this is all about, man. That's I'm trying to be open to anything. And a little bit about me, actually, I I'm not really into politics at all. If anything, I'm I'm uninformed on a lot of things unless it gets <laughs> brought to my attention. So I'm I've done a little bit of research on you. Um, I've tried to see if you've done other podcasts before. I saw that you did something for uh, 106 Camiel, the radio station. Yes. That yes. was a that was a good podcast. I was able to get like a lot of information out of you to, you know, make sure I don't repeat questions. Um, I saw your YouTube account. It was like a little five minute video of everything about you. So there's, we kind of have a lot in common in certain things. And I, I wanted to get into that. And I already told you off air, I got about eight questions for you that people have kind of brought to my attention. Cause I do feel, I try to go into my podcast without any pressure or anything but you know you're kind of a probably the first politician I've ever had on here so you know I've had some people kind of have a, a little bit of angry or mean things to say but I'm trying to be as respectful as I said but um uh but I guess my challenge for you I've um I've never registered to vote so mm-hmm. I, I'm a clean slate I'm 27 years old um, I have some of my reasonings as to why I don't vote. If you're curious on that, um, told my parents that I was going to have you on the show and I found out just yesterday that they voted for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I, I guess I, I, I would really want to see if you can persuade me or any reason. Cause I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't identify as Republican Democrat or anything. I just, 
you know, I mean, you're, you're a Democrat, correct? That's, would you say like full on Democrat or a little bit of something else? Okay. I, I would say I'm probably ideal. I'm progressive, but the reality is when it comes to governing, it's not about ideology. It's about practicality. Uh, and we have a finite set of resources and within that you have to make decisions. And so there is no, in governing, there is no real true ideological way of governing because everything is set. And we operate from the rule of law as a country, not the way we make decisions isn't based on one individual. It's based on a set of rules and, and, and beliefs that we have as a nation. Okay. Speaking of law, uh, first question, man, I'm getting a lot of advertisements on my YouTube about solar panels. And I'm thinking <laughs> you're the best person to ask about this as a mayor. You're probably familiar with the law. I'm kind of confused, actually. Um, what's going on with that? Like, are we changing? Is there like something? Because I almost bought a house with solar panels and it, there was an issue with the leasing and things like that. It ended up not buying uh, the house for other reasons, termites. But um, to my understanding, so I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, you know, with the whole PG&E things and contracts. I guess what I'm getting at is the ads that YouTube is letting me know is like, we're switching, like eventually in the next couple of years, like we want everybody to have solar panels. Is that the direction we're going in? Or is YouTube just trying to fandangle me? What's going on? Well, um, as with many things, people will take uh, advantage of things. But I will say that it's not that we're trying to, or at least I, I don't think as a, as a country or as a state, we're going towards solar panels. I think we're going towards alternative sources of energy. Mm -hmm. And that can be a combination of, of many things, including solo, so, solar panels. <laughs> okay. uh, and so the advertisements that you see uh, I, I'm sure have to do with, um, with, uh, them advertising that they're free and that just do this. And, you know, you'll, you'll earn money because of all these different, you know, things. I personally am a proponent of a PACE program, which, uh, which allows uh, homeowners to like uh, finance their solar panels so that, uh, so that they own them. Because when you do these free ones, you know, you're leasing them, right. effectively, you're leasing your roof. And you're and and uh, and so, uh, you know, I'd I'd encourage people to to own their own solar panels so that um, so that it's worked in with your overall mortgage. And when you sell your home, you don't have all these different issues that you have to deal with uh, once 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 you sell. So, but we are moving towards alternative sources of energy. I wish we were moving a little faster because, you know, climate change is real. Um, the ice caps are melting, and it is pushing. You know. It is uh, it is pushing uh, more water into our oceans, and that means more more water coming into uh, uh, to areas like Antioch. Uh, our challenge here as a city is that um, as more water comes into the delta, more salt comes in with it. So that literally impacts our ability to to provide people with quality water. And so right now we're building a one hundred and ten million dollar uh, desalination plant. Uh, so that we can pump uh, more uh, what they call brackish water or water with salt. Uh, so, so you know, you you ask about solar panels, and it seems like it's just little thing over here, but it's it's a whole literally thing a global thing. <laughs> right, right. Is that going to be built in Antioch? Yeah, we're building it right now, and oh, okay. you may have seen some construction. If you go down L Street, you'll see construction. 
uh, towards Sycamore and whatnot. Uh, yes. We're building this trench that's uh, literally uh, a pipe that goes from our, what will be the desalination plant facility, runs all the way on down through L Street, then makes a left turn on Antioch Pittsburgh Highway towards Delta Diablo Sanitation uh, uh, facility. And that's where we will dump all the brine. And so the brine is the salt that we take out of the water. I took a field trip uh, once to one of those places that um, we had to do with like water and garbage out there. And it, it's a lot of work that gets put in there. Yeah. I remember I yeah. went in there and it smelled really bad. And my whole class was covering their nose. And the guy who was running, it was like, that's the smell of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It, it It is the smell of money. People don't know that garbage and sanitation waste and that's that's a huge industry that's that not stuff a is important thing. you go you go one month without the garbage getting picked up we're gonna fall apart dude yep oh, um, it's true. And, and that kind of reminds me of one of my questions about just overall california in general the whole drought issues so you know when i'm driving on the freeway i remember particularly in november all through highway four like all the way from like where it's stocked into to Oakland and San Francisco, as I'm driving all throughout the freeway, it's a bunch of signs that say emergency drought, like, please conserve water, please conserve water. And me, I, it just, I just feel like we're always in a drought, man. And when I read those signs, I was just kind of like, how serious is this, you know? And then I, in my head, I'm like, how much is this? Like, how serious is it? I'm going to have to start seeing something for me to take it serious. Like wake up the next morning and I can't flush my toilet or something. And I start thinking like, does everyone have to start taking military showers? Like what's it going to take for us to get out of this danger zone drought level? Cause I guess I just all me and my peers and stuff, we all just kind of live as if there isn't a drought. I try to, but I want to know exactly like what's it going to take as a community to make things better on that end. Is there anything like, what can we do? You got to conserve water. You got to be responsible with the water. I know it seems like the solar panels. There's always a larger connection to the to the globe, uh, and so you know the reality is is that when it doesn't rain, that means there's not a lot of snowpack up in the Sierra Nevadas, mm -hmm. and so if there's not a lot of snowpack, that means there's not going to be a lot of snow that melts. That literally is the water that comes all the way on down through the Sacramento through the Sacramento River, the San Joaquin River, all these different rivers and creeks and watersheds that then pump water into the Delta. And if all that fresh water isn't pushing out the salt water, we then have more salt water that we can't use. <laughs> and so that's why the drought is so dangerous because it literally prevents us or makes it difficult from us uh, pumping water here in the city of Antioch. Uh, Antioch, you may not know this, but Antioch is one of the few cities in California that has what they call superior water rights. So we have pre-1419 water rights. So that means we, unlike all the other cities in East County, can pump directly from the Delta. Nobody mm -hmm. else can do that other than the really? city of Antioch. Uh, and so in order for you literally to have water, we have to keep pumping. And if there is drought, it, because we're not having uh, enough rain throughout the year because of climate change, <laughs> it makes it increasingly difficult to provide you water. We're, we are in a danger zone, but we're not at a point where we're rationing water. Now that's, I mean, and these are real things that have happened in global, in major cities throughout the globe. Uh, uh, Cape, um, Cape, uh, why, Cape. why is it, I'm sorry for interrupting your thought, but 
why why is it that Antioch has superior rights? That what where do the surrounding cities get their water from if they don't pump straight from the delta? If you mind me asking, uh, all the other cities get their water from Contra Costa Water District. Okay, so they hook up to there, and there is I'm sure you've seen the canal in Antioch. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. canal belongs to Contra Costa Water District, and so they pump water from the delta too. But theirs is they pick it up over in places like. Old River and and, and right. which is closer to Discovery Bay and whatnot. We have superior water rights because Antioch is one of the oldest cities in California, uh, and so I mean, literally, we, seniority. We have a lot of seniority, and so our our you know, if you understand politics and in, in if you understand water in California, then you literally understand our politics as Californians. And so when you look at the shapes of counties, if you look at a map and just looked at counties. The way they're shaped literally is around uh, waters and delta. And so as you go down to Southern California, the counties get much larger in terms of land mass. As you're up here in Northern California, they're much smaller, but adjacent or go through uh, huge water waterways. And they're literally shaped <laughs> like mm. waterways. I, do you think the little things like that have to do with like the real estate market? Like, it's just like a little thing that kind of affects everything. Like, cause I have a buddy who lives out in discovery Bay and he tells me, um, he doesn't like washing his car, uh, with his hose because he's got hard water or is it hard water or soft water something like that. And yeah. it just makes it easier to, I don't know. He explained it to me a couple months ago about like hard water and stuff like that. Yes. What you're telling me right now, it's like, oh, we've got better water out here. You know? Yeah, depending on where you live, uh, your water, you can literally taste the difference in the water if you go to Antioch uh, or Pittsburgh or different parts of the county, because we, again, we collect ours ourselves. We clean it ourselves, what they call, uh, we, we, we bring in uh, 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 raw water, fresh water. Uh, and so, uh, but then there, then there's the Contra Costa water district. So they take the water, they clean the water and then they give it to certain cities and then they, they serve it like that, or they just collect the water and give it to a city. And then that city is responsible for cleaning it. And so depending on where you're at, it's mm -hmm. going to depend on the, 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 doesn't mean that it's done wrong or right. It's just, everybody does it differently. And so the end product may taste a little different. Yeah, I had I had a buddy who who lit I think he still lives in Pittsburgh and he he migrated to Pittsburgh from Egypt and he he um would tell me that he used to have long hair back in the day and he started balding. <laughs> and I was like, what do you think it was? You think it's just genetic stress? And he the first thing he said is the water out here, man. It's the, the Pittsburgh water when I shower. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe he's taking too many hot showers or something, but <laughs> probably. Uh, Moving on, moving on to the next question, I guess, since we only have so many times. Oh, I was talking about this um, yesterday, and it's not really much of a question, but I guess it's just kind of an interesting topic. So one thing about you, I'm not 100% sure if this is uh, what you have done, but have you... I guess it's like laws. I'm, ta I'm talking about the police. I guess you have... Uh, have you increased funding for police? Is that something that has gone on recently? Or I don't know. I hear something like news that you have like changed some things, maybe added more people in there. I guess the point, you know, I'm not trying to argue or anything. Like I say, I don't really have a stance on these things. I'm just trying to see things from both point of views. Because overall, I, I 
I've never done it, but I understand that your job can be very hard, very complicated. You cannot please anybody. And, um, you know, some people would, but before I continue, can I just ask, am I right? Kind of what, what I'm just saying, have you like added more funding to the police or some kind of laws or something like what changes well, we, have you made? You know, one of the things, so I ran on police reform and, okay. and I, I've never been shy about that. I believe in police reform and I believe that as times change, uh, just as in any profession, there are things that just have to change. Uh, so our police officers today, before I was the mayor, they didn't have body cameras. Today, they have body cameras. Great. Police vehicles are now equipped with uh, vehicle cameras as well. Uh, we no longer, we have banned, you know, certain restraints or certain police tactics that can cause positional asphyxiation. To the common person, they know it as uh, need a neck technique. So yes. we banned that. There was something uh, that went on, I believe, last year. A man was killed. Um, I'm not going to name any names for the sake of the privacy of people's family and stuff, but it happened in the city of Antioch. And I think they were using what you said, the knee to the neck technique. Um, but the only video that was available was a family member who was filming it. And I remember seeing that and, and being very eager, like, I want to see the body cam footage. I want to see what happened from the moment they arrived on the scene. And but so I, I agree with the body cam things I do. And that's something yeah. that goes into like, funding right 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 Those and body cams cost money the body cam and i'm glad you pointed that out because i think it's a good investment though right there will be people you know i think that there are people who who are misinformed and then there are people who are promoting disinformation and so the disinformation people will say oh he's done these horrible things to the police department not knowing anything not understanding our changes but to deliberately to sow discontent among antioch residents uh, just because they just don't either like me or they don't agree with me or whatever. Uh, but most of it is disinformation because they'll use phrases like defund the police. I've never even used that phrase. I, I've never used that phrase in, in any of my politics or in any policy decision. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the irony in my police reform efforts and the irony in what they say is that we've probably given more money to the police department because of all these new tools that we've equipped them with to ensure uh, that they're doing their jobs better. Hold on now, that wasn't a problem. These are tools I think people wanted. Uh, and so and so I, I don't know where, you know, I know where all that comes from. It's just noise that people make. But all of our police reforms, I'll stand by all that. Who's not for a a, a, a police oversight commission? Who's not for oh, that? I, I have some friends that feel like the civilians can just police themselves, <laughs> and I disagree. Um, right, no, they'll disagree and, and let them disagree. But I mean, why would you be against uh, making sure that we're investigating police complaints? Why would you be against uh, ensuring that police officers are acting in a way that is reflective of what the community standards are? Mm -hmm. I don't know why anybody would be against that, but there are people who are against that. To, I get, uh, not supporting them, just to kind of hear them out. I guess playing devil's advocate. I think there's just so many things that they see in the media and some, a, a big percentage of them are true things. You know, I think they just had some new news with the Breonna Taylor situation that went on. They finally, uh, did they arrest them or, um, right. They I believe they're being charged by the, right. by the department of justice. Some uh, people just don't want to hear the whole every there's bad apples everywhere. You know, there's right. some people that said, well, this is too many bad apples. Um, but what I'm getting, I was having a conversation with my wife yesterday about it. Um, it's like, what do you want? 
Like, I think an issue would be understaffing. The whole world's understaffed. It could be the police, firefighters, paramedics. Uh, it's crazy ever since the pandemic and everything. Um, but it's like, to hire more people into the police academy, I, I, I just feel like you'd probably have to um, lower the... Um, what am I looking for? Or what, what am I trying to explain? Like lower the standards is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, so it's like, but I, I'm not saying that that's what I want. Some people would probably want that to have more people on deck, but it's like, you need to have a happy meeting. Like for me personally, how I think it should be, I think there should be more training, especially in the psychological department. So there are less just errors that are made in these high stress situations, but it's hard to, to train them as well. You're not going to have everybody up to like, military grade there's human error everywhere so it's like what do you want do you want a very small amount of police officers on the force that know what they're doing and it's like a um a, a smaller rate of of uh, mistakes or do you want more people on deck but you're gonna have a higher rate of people who don't know what they're doing you see i just saw something today this morning on reddit about um, I followed like Bay Area uh, on Reddit. Everybody posts news and things like that. Somebody was saying, you're not safe in Vallejo. This just happened last night. There was an old woman who just got carjacked and mugged. And when she called the police, they they just kind of, you know, dusted her to the side. They said, we're all too busy with, with what's going on. There was a crash and, you know, all units are busy. So I've been hearing this saying a lot recently. It's like, you are your own first responder. And I, it's kind of a, you know, scary thing to say, but um, I believe it to an extent. It's like, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready kind of thing, you know? Well, I, well, I can't speak for Vallejo, but I can, in Antioch, if there is, uh, we prioritize calls and, you know, if somebody broke into your car and the person is gone, that wouldn't necessarily be a top priority. Uh, you know, the car accident would be a top priority. Uh, if there was uh, someone who's who's threatening or causing physical violence to somebody that would be a top priority and we eventually get to to your car breaking but uh so we would so there i i we haven't experienced that in antioch where we haven't shown up to a call we, but we prioritize calls okay. i will say this that in the last 20 years in antioch we have never been fully staffed meaning that the number of authorized police officers that we can have we've only once met that met that uh met that number and then it quickly uh hmm. went down again and what year was that and i think it was it may have been in 20 2020 or 2019 okay then the and pandemic so in the, happened huh in the last 20 years we've only done that one time you hear that guys they're hiring <laughs> so get your resumes so right what's what is interesting about this debate is so as i've learned more i've recognized that technology has to play a key role in our policing efforts because the last 20 years have demonstrated that we've never been to a point where we fully hired so from my perspective so the cameras matter the cameras on our streets they matter because we can't have police officers responding to every intersection but you can have cameras uh you know if we do things like not that we want to put a camera on every corner or everybody's house but in certain what i would call hotspot areas uh shot spotter is a technology we're looking at that can help in terms of technology we just brought a new what they call peregrine system that kind of 
consolidates all the information that we gather and it's easy to, to segregate and then easy to pool so that our police officers are making data informed decisions uh, much more clearly. So all that type of technology helps. Body cam, all that technology helps in our policing efforts. Mm -hmm. Because I have come to grips with the fact that if in the last 20 years we've only once met our hiring authorization, then what, what makes us think that in the next 20 years we're just somehow going to mysteriously make that go away? Right. Uh, I just think that that's a pattern in policing because every mayor, every police chief that I speak with, and I was just speaking on Friday with the police chief of Vallejo. Uh, everybody is going through uh, policing. Policing, it's just very hard to hire people in policing right now. But oh, yeah. you said you made a point earlier that's important. The point every industry in this country is experiencing this. People are finding it difficult to find people to work. Oh, yeah, and man. so it's not unique to policing, it's it's throughout our throughout our economy. Yep. Yep, exactly. It's just kind of goes back into the garbage thing that I was saying. It's like, I really hope those guys aren't understaffed because it, ta it takes a, it's a kind of a corny thing that people say. It takes a village, right? It, 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 everybody's got to do does. their part. I, um, I, I met with the chief operating officer of Republic Services, our trash service. They are having a hard time hiring uh, people. I, I serve on Tri-Delta Transit, our, our regional transit agency. We are having a hard time hiring bus drivers our public works department, we're having a difficult time hiring engineers. It's not unique to policing. It's, uh, you know, it's a function of the economy. That brings me to something. And I didn't write this down, but I have had this thought for a while. Um, the city is expanding, right? There's um, the past maybe four or five years, I've seen so many apartment complexes uh, get built, uh, new housing. I think you just opened up Laurel Road, I believe. And I, I messaged you. I said I took a drive out there for the first time to check it out. It looks great. It looks like you know we unlocked the new part of the map. <laughs> um, and so, do you think that would be an issue with more people? Well, maybe not. Actually, now that I'm saying it out loud. It's like more people that come in here. I was thinking it'd be an issue because it's like think of it like this: you get a bunch of people living in a new part of the city. That's just more garbage to pick up. You know that's more overtime more things for people to work at um but but i guess i kind of contradict myself it's like well there's more people living here so maybe there's more people willing to work here uh, there's a lot of people who just you know they commute they commute very far oh it says i got 10 minutes here oh my god this is flying by <laughs> yeah <laughs> the so right the uh well i mean like Everything is paid for. So, I mean, if somebody moves in and they're collecting trash, how we factor the trash rates or the garbage pickup rates factors into the overall equation of how people uh, to meet to better to ensure that we're meeting the, the need for service. Right. Uh, and so all that is factored in there. The more people we ha I'm not saying I'm for more people coming or I'm against more people coming, but the more people we have. Um, the likelier we have more people with um, higher incomes. And so when you have higher incomes, you have, um, uh, you have disposable income. And so therefore people, people do, when people buy new homes, they spend a lot of money. Uh, when, when, uh, when, uh, when you live way out here and you commute to the inner core of the barrier, you're more likely to, to, uh, to frequent restaurants because you just don't have the time to cook and things like that. So you're constantly going out eating yeah, door dashing door dashing well. and all that so interestingly enough 
a lot of our restaurants are, you know, they, I mean, a lot of our restaurants did very well during the downturn because people were door dashing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, that's more jobs cannabis. in itself. <laughs> cannabis oh, wow. doing fantastic. <laughs> you brought that up before uh, I even had a chance to bring it up with you. Um, I heard from a very reliable source, AKA Instagram comments, that you, <laughs> that, uh, hey, I made the mayor laugh. I can end it. <laughs> this is good. Um, uh, it said that you have never done weed in your life. That's great. <laughs> and another thing I know about you, Mr. Thorpe, is that you're a Navy veteran, right? How many, uh, thank you for your service. How many years did you uh, serve? Well, I did eight years in the Navy, oh, five wow. active, five active, and three in the reserves while I was in college at George Washington. Okay. And um, and no, I have never done any weed. No. Why? Just personal choice, or? Oh, just per. I always found it when I was in high school. I remember some of the guys smoking weed. I just found it silly. I didn't. It wasn't okay. ever really. You seemed excited though when you brought it up. It's like <laughs> the, the industry's doing well. You know, the industry. So it, now I am pro cannabis. I'm all for cannabis everywhere. Okay. And uh, and so uh, I, yeah. I brought up the Navy because uh, one of my best friends is in the Navy and he's just getting out. Um, 10 years he served and he's really excited to smoke weed for the first time <laughs> when he gets out. So, <laughs> Well, um, and that's probably another reason why I never smoked weed because I joined the Navy and then I was a paralegal in the Navy. So we literally had to, we prosecuted a lot of drug cases and some of them were cannabis. And then we did a lot of admin separations and oh, a lot of them were around weed. And so I, uh, I saw a lot of careers destroyed as a result of cannabis. I have a buddy that was also his job, um, but he he used it to his advantage. He knew when they were going to get drug tested. So um, <laughs> he, he took advantage of that. But then uh, he ended up getting a discharge for drugs. <laughs> I won't get too much into it. Um, yeah. What what else was I gonna say? You know what, man? I'm gonna kind of try and try and put a little fire under your ass a little bit because I feel kind of <laughs> comfortable. We got six minutes, and either I'll end with it, or if you enjoy it and you're you're a good sport, I'd love to talk a little bit more if you have time. Sure. But um, back to the whole body cam thing, yeah. right? I'm a big fan of the body cam, and oh man, there's just so much I want to say. It just kind of like coincides with the whole weed thing as well one thing about me is um i don't drink i'm going on about 10 months of no alcohol and um one of my one of my big inspirations for that is um a ufc fighter which you look a lot like to me his name is <laughs> i don't know if you're into ufc or any of that stuff you're not into no, i'm not stuff. into bones cracking and okay <laughs> all right man so um John Jones, I'd like to say he's like the Michael Jordan of UFC, one of the greatest of all times. And you look like him. And um, he just, he got, but he, but the thing about him is that he is a loose cannon outside of the ring. He's like uh, Mike Tyson, if you will, kind of uh, does a lot of stuff. And, uh, but I still look up to him. He is just like separate the art from the artist, if you may. Um, but he got arrested for a DUI back in, uh, you know where I'm going with this, huh? So, and I'll just tell you, man, I had a lot of people in my messages, like, bring it up, put them on blast, you know, this and that. I'm not going to do that to you, man. Um, well, you're not putting me on blast. Uh, yeah, I'm putting John Jones on blast, someone that you look like. 
Um, but no, I, I, you really do kind of resemble him to me with the beard and everything. Um, but he had the body cam footage and it looked bad. And I, and the day after that, it's crazy. It's a crazy story. He got inducted into the hall of fame the night he got into the hall of fame. I guess he got in an argument with his wife, um, at the hotel because he wanted to go to a strip club. Um, and he beat his wife and all of this and the whole body cam footage shows him just being reckless, slamming his head into a cop car. And the very next day, he was like, I vow to leave alcohol in my past. Mind you, this isn't the first time something like this has happened with him. He's been accused of so many other things. He's hit a pregnant woman um, driving once. Um, and so when I saw this, I said, yeah, right. But I'm going to quit alcohol too. And um, I'm not going to drink until this man drinks. So a part of me, the hater in me, I guess, is a little bit waiting for him to slip up because I never really thought I had a problem with alcohol or anything. But uh, one thing about me is I'm a stand-up comedian. So every time I go out to the comedy clubs, I, uh, I get a really big urge to drink just to make things a little bit fun, especially when the comics aren't funny. Anyways, what I'm trying to say and tie everything up into together, um, when, I, when I heard news, that was big news about you getting caught that was national news. It was big news, man. The first thing that popped in my head was I can't wait for the body cam footage to come out. <laughs> and so now you kind of brought that up uh, earlier. And I was thinking like, mm, I wonder if those laws came out before or after the DUI. <laughs> was there a well, body? I'm, I'm not asking like to show it to me, but was there no body cam or anything? I don't know. Or you can plead the fifth. It's up to you. <laughs> Well, as you know, everybody has the right to due process. And so I have a right to due process. Uh, and so I think uh, as we get closer to when all this uh, comes to a close later in October, oh. uh, I think uh, there'll be much more clarity for folks. Because uh, I think the way people describe things is that they describe it the way you just described it, this UFC fighter. Uh, and uh, I think that's furthest from the truth. Okay. Uh, and so, but we will get to that point at some yeah. point. I heard from another reliable source, YouTube comments. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching like, I, you know, I just YouTubed your name. And then um, that was one of the things that came up. And in the comments, somebody said, it's like, who do you know? Right? Like, who is this person? They, they said, um, yeah, when they pulled him over, the first thing out of his mouth was, do you know who I am? And I, I'm going to revert this away from you. I have seen a video of a mayor of another city um, get pulled over and he was just super arrogant about like, um, you know, just, just, just compromising with the police and telling them what, like, he was just trying to act like the boss, like, where's your supervisor? I'm going to make sure you get fired. And it was all caught on the body cam and he looked so bad. It just, it just, I don't know. But anyways, I don't vote. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> If, if there are buddy, you will not see that because that is not how I conduct myself. Uh, so, and I wasn't, anyway, I don't want to get ahead. Sure, of sure. Because sure. again, sure. <laughs> I just thought it'd be like, because none of this, I never premeditated anything. It just kind of popped in my head when the conversation of body cams got brought up and stuff like that. So, right, 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 right. Um, I got about a minute here. Uh, can, can you let me know if, if you would like to extend this a little bit because there are some things um that that may mean a lot to me and it may even be just kind of insignificant to you a little bit but i i want to speak on behalf of of some people um less than a minute i guess i'll just kind of get it out just in case but um but well, so, what do you think what do you think 
Yeah, we can do a few more minutes if you want to. I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, I do have a uh, a noon appointment, so I can't miss that. So if you want to create a link and send it to me, I'm more than happy to. uh, We've got about 20 minutes here. Would you like me to send it to you through Instagram? uh, Email? Email is probably best. Just lamarthorpe.com. Okay. Okay. I'm going to end this right now, and I've got like, two things that are very important to me that I, I really want to address to you. And hopefully you can help me out with it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Hopefully- All right. Welcome back. Little intermission, technical difficulties, need a producer, man. So my first question is, um, I actually found out about this event that was going on in Antioch because of you. Um, you follow this account. He's a uh, man. His name is like Conrad concepts or something like that. He's a poet. And, oh yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I had met that gentleman, uh, really nice guy. I went out to his poetry open mic, and I had never done poetry before, and I, I tried it out, and it was a great experience, and uh, had a pretty big crowd there. Actually, it was um, it was kind of like downtownish area near the marina, and yeah, um, and, uh, there, what, there was, what was that? I'm sorry. What was the name of that restaurant? Um. I think Solid Rock. Solid Rock Cafe. Solid Rock Cafe, yeah. And um, it was cool. There was a lot of people there. And, um, you know, I got to go up and down from, like, Sacramento, Santa Cruz, all the way out to Oakland sometimes to do these shows. And sometimes I I drive hours, like one hour, two hours to come to a place and not as many people that were out to this open mic. And so the guy, um, the, the, the poetry guy, Concepts, he was telling us about how right across the street, there's like this really big theater. I forget the name of the theater. Um, the El Campanel? I believe so. I believe that's what it was. And he was talking about, um, he wasn't sure on the numbers if it was $2 million or $20 million that the city has for budgeting for that to put on either when it oh, comes to Oh, 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 not the El Campanel. It's actually, there's a small little theater inside the Nick Rodriguez Community Center. Okay. And so we had received, uh, yeah, $2 million from uh, State Senator Steve Glazer to make some improvements there. So we're, we've we been making improvements to the theater. Okay. Yeah. He, what, from what I heard, this was about two weeks ago, he told me that, that, that you guys haven't really put a budge into it. But the reason, the reasoning to it is because there was, hasn't been much of a push from the art community. And I guess um, from my experience going to that open mic and, just being an artist in general and out in this area, I would love to just expand on opportunities. I would love to get a comedy club or something going down in Antioch just to give, and it doesn't have to be comedy, poetry. It could be anything that's going on just to give people more of an outlet out here. I feel like there's a lot of potential when it comes to that stuff. And a lot of people are just kind of burnt out. So I'm just kind of trying to speak on behalf of those who feel stuck or they feel like they 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 you know gas prices and all of that stuff so that's it yeah so so the investments to the community center uh are coming um or at least and, and i know they started in some areas and then but what we need to do what we, so one of the things i've been thinking through is having like an arts fund um and actually incentivizing like local restaurants to promote the arts, whether it's just spoken similar to what Solid Rock Cafe is doing. Yeah. Uh, but having other restaurants or, or, or um, uh, do the same thing. 
and so we have like Monica's on the on the water. They they do live music Friday, Saturdays, uh, Saturday evenings. Uh, but we can certainly do a lot more. I know Tailgaters has tried to do uh, certain things, but we, we need to get all of our uh, all of our um, kind of uh, businesses in town to help promote the arts in some fashion, irrespective of what the arts are, whether it's music, whether it's open uh, spoken word, whether it's literally um, art exhibits, whatever it may be, we we need to help promote that. Yeah. And it's not a hundred percent pressure on the people who own these businesses as well. Um, it, it's, it's up to people who are making the art and just people who are right. a fan of it to get out there and show interest in it. You know, it's uh, right. show that it's worth doing that stuff. So if both people, both parties could kind of, uh, negotiate something like I'm sure it's not really your responsibility on those things. People need to do their part as well. I guess when it comes to you, and just um, everybody involved when it just comes to like budgeting and things like that or whatever is going on, so. Yeah, well, we don't have to be directly involved, but we can certainly provide funding to help. Cause you know, it's a lot to ask in a community that has historically not done things like that. It's a lot to ask business owners to, okay, front the money <laughs> so yeah. you can promote the arts. And then it's difficult to get artists to come because they're gonna say, well, well, where is, you know, where are the guests going to come from and how are you going to get them there? How are you going to promote it? And so, but if we start creating, if we help incentivize the creation of this type of culture that we embrace arts, then then we can take it on someone and then we can kind of take a step back as it starts to embed itself in the, the fabric of our community. But it's hard to right now when, when oh, we haven't done that historically. We're we're just getting back to even being out in business, you know? So right. yeah. I, I understand like, let's hold on before we start adding more things. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I don't even think money is really like the biggest issue holding people back. It's just really about people showing incentive and showing that they're concerned about it. But when I went out there, I felt it. And it was a, it was a pleasant experience. I had never done anything like that. Um, and, and I would like to see a little bit more um, of that around that city. And I just feel like um, one, and one thing about my podcast, I mentioned it's a mental health podcast. I feel like art is very important to mental health and just, I don't know, just to lighten up the mood a little bit. It's like, what, what are certain things that you feel you do? You are a very unique individual, right? It's what are things that you feel you do and that you have to do to keep your mental health in check? Like, you know, some people have art, some people exercise, like what, what's your routine? What'd you do this morning? You know? Mm -hmm. Is it oh, I get up and I drink coffee. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Same here, same here. Yes, 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 yes. Well, you know, what's interesting is that um, I more recently probably have started creating more boundaries around me because uh, I think people take advantage of that. Mm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who have my phone number because I was not the mayor a year and a half ago. And, and you know, we may have had close relationships, uh, but uh, people don't, people, some people, not all people, people don't have a hard time differentiating. People think that because you're the mayor, you're the mayor over here, and then there's someone else over here. And there is no such thing as that. Uh, you do your podcast, you're a comedian, all of that is part of your identity. Uh, and so to say, oh, I'm going to talk to you today as just the podcast guy, or tomorrow I'll talk to you as the comedian, or tomorrow I'll talk to you as a dad, and tomorrow I'll talk to you as a grandfather, that's just ridiculous. Uh, 
Right. I'm all these things. I'm the mayor. I'm your neighbor. I'm a public servant. I'm a veteran. I'm all of these things all at the exact same time. And one day I'm not the mayor. One day I'm not a veteran. I'm all these things put together. And so people think that they're just talking to the mayor when they call, you know, at 10, 9 o'clock at night to express a grievance because they have a personal relationship with me. Right. And I've learned that that's not healthy for me uh, at all. And so I just need to have, I've created new boundaries where, you know, I'm not, if I know you personally and it's, you know, mayor business, I'm not taking your call. You can set an appointment, you can go through Sequoia and we'll talk during regular business hours. And cause I have to have some level of, of, of stability and sanity in, in my own life. And, uh, and so, so in terms of my mental health, that's how I, I started to create more and more boundaries. And then there are some people who, who I just, have to just cut out completely mm. uh, because they have no concept of boundaries in their own life. So how am I to expect that they have boundaries with me or that they respect my boundaries? Can I get an example? Like you said, grievances, like first thing that came to my thought, I remember I, I met the mayor before you, the 40th mayor. And the first <laughs> thing, first thing I said to him was very disrespectful. Well, I wouldn't say it's disrespectful, but I, the first thing I said to him was like, Hey man, you think he can hook my mom up with a job with the county? You know, just like I it just like hand out right here, you know. And um, I think I don't know what my mom said. I told my mom I was doing a podcast with you, and she she had mentioned something again, like, oh yeah, maybe he can help get a job with this and that. And it's like I feel that's what I imagine if you were the mayor. If I were the mayor, I just feel like my phone would be blowing up. Hey man, I got a ticket. You think you can uh you think you can get this? fixed up or something you'd be surprised people don't really ask for like the hookup that i've been no really people don't i think people are cognizant of that oh and okay. i think people, most people are like you they're probably oh, should i really do that and so i yeah so i think but what i do so like i know a lot of people and we either used to work together or we were in politics together working on a political campaign or we worked on an issue and now that i'm the the mayor I have a different relationship with them because now they're asking me for something uh, to vote a particular way or to advance a particular issue. And I think where the lines get blurred is that because I'm your friend, you can pick up the phone anytime or that you, you know, you feel that you can yell and scream at the top of your lungs. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just, I can't, um, so I can't do that. <laughs> I can't allow that. Nobody anymore. can, nobody can. Nobody and nobody should. Yeah. And so when it was once, you know, yeah. So I just can't, I cannot do that. Right. And, and um, my personal time is just that my personal time and I have children and I have, and I have, yeah, I just, I can't, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking to someone at nine o'clock at night, that means I'm not doing something with my child. Right. And so I just, I can't do that. And, and you just uh, have one, one child. Well, I have two kids. Oh, okay. Okay. I, yeah, from in my research, aka YouTube, I found out that you, you're, you were adopted. Your mom was from Guadalajara, right? My mom is from Guadalajara. Mexico. Yeah. I have this joke. Latina is my favorite genre of woman. My wife is, uh, my wife is Mexican as well. Oh, and her, her mom's from Guadalajara. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. I know Spanish. I know Spanish. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to speak it or understand it, but when I hear it, I know it's Spanish, you know what right, I mean? Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Oh, have you been to Guadalajara? I haven't been there, but I've been to uh, Mexico before. Um, 
I went on a cruise. Uh, there's this crazy uh, club that they call Papas and Beers. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. They do a lot of uh, unholy things there. So <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And there's so much that I, I want to ask you, but I want to, like what you said earlier, respect your boundaries. I feel like I'm going <laughs> two minutes over the clock here. And you said you have another meeting. Now I'm late for my next meeting. <laughs> I am, I apologize, man. Hopefully well, it was well one thing you should know is that the mayor is never late. The mayor can only be delayed. Oh, you were right on time. The moment it turned 11, <laughs> you're a very punctual individual. That's very important. It's, um, it, that might persuade me to vote for you. That might persuade me. <laughs> well, you should, you know, I, I, uh, before we get off here, the last thing I'll share with you is that I always hear the phrase, uh, well, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Mm -hmm. And I tend to have a different perspective on that. You haven't heard any complaints from me. Right? No, 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 no. But if you don't vote, you still can complain. That literally is what our democracy and what our republic is made from. Uh, your, you voting is not a condition of whether or not you get to exercise your rights as an American. And so if you choose to vote, that's your choice. If you choose not to vote, that's also your choice. And how you express your Americanism is 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 up to you. It's it's not it's not based on conditions. You, there is no condition of being an American citizen other than um, other than being born here or being a naturalized citizen and whatnot. So I never liked that phrase because I feel like I, I served my country and was willing to die for my country so that everybody everybody uh, can express themselves however they feel is accordingly. And it wasn't based on a condition of whether or not people voted. It's based on you are an American and you have a right. That's beautiful, man. I have so much to say, but I I'm not a, if you want to register to vote, I strongly encourage you to do so. You know what it is? I'll just try to get it off my chest real quick. I've never voted, but sometimes there's people in my family. There's something that goes on and I tell them what I want and they agree on it. And I'm rooting for certain things. I just don't go out of my way to register. And one thing that was kind of the final straw for me, there was a vote that had to do with daylight savings and just never rewinding the clock uh, around like November-ish. And I wanted it to stay sunny as long as possible. And that vote, that bill passed apparently. And I was excited, no more turning back the clock, but then it just never happened. It was like, maybe we got to get it built through Congress or something. There was more like the vote won, but there was more voting and decisions that had to go, even though the people won. And so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then there's also other situations in my life where I definitely won things because of a vote and I still didn't win. So <laughs> there's that. So, yeah. Well, it's up to you. It's your choice. It's your choice to exercise your constitutional rights. Thank you so much for your time, Lamar Thorpe. All right. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Bye. We're gonna hit you with the bars real quick. Hey, quarantine light, but my flow still sick. If I had a mate, I have a make your lemonade, and I don't need to get laid, so don't be afraid. Girl, I get paid, but I'm in pain. Kinda like Wayne, first name Bruce. Where the hell's I made with a goddamn juice? Every day's the same, deja vu. Bring in the wine, yeah, bring in the zan. Pump up my songs, yeah, let's do a dance. You the kind of girl that made me cancel my plans. You the only girl I let a pay for only fans. Driving.